0: Good morning, everyone, and greetings. Good to see you here this morning. Good to have visitors with us as well. And it's nice to see some of our friends who've been away because of sickness, or uh, operations and whatnot. Nice to see you back with us this morning. Those of you who are joining us on Zoom, we want to welcome you as well. Pray that it might be a time of blessing for all of us as we do so.
1: Glad to have Carrie McGlade with us this morning. I'm going to ask Carrie now to come and read the scripture, if you would, brother, and lead us in prayer.
0: Good morning. You please turn in your Bibles to uh, Matthew 5, starting in verse 10. We'll read to, uh, to 16. Matthew 5, starting in verse 10. So in verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you Ye are the salt of the earth But if the salt has lost his savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but the candlestick, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify
1: your Father, which is in heaven. Let's let's pray. Lord God, we,
0: we thank you, Lord God, that we can come into the presence of the Holy of Holies, Father, through the blood of your Son. Father, there are many, many of us here today with various trials, and as is was saying, you're chiseling a way to make us fit for your kingdom. So Father, help us, Lord God, to, to know that you have a purpose in these trials, Father. Help us, Lord God, to glorify you, even as it says in here, that our works might shine before men, and that you might be glorified, Lord God. Father, we pray for the shut-ins. Father, we we thank you, Lord God, that uh, they can join us through Zoom. Father, we pray particularly for Sarah in the situation she's in. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you will overrule, that you will find a suitable place for her, Father, and that there she might glorify you before others um, for your son's sake, Father. Father, we ask these things. And Father, we, we thank you, Lord God, for answers prayers. We thank you that Kovacs are able to join us today. Father, we thank you about Ryan and Kristen. Uh, they got the truck. They are now set up for the, the work that you've called them to do. They have joined a local church and is able to uh, come beside them and, and assist in that work. Father, we pray, Lord God, for many opportunities. Father, we, we pray for Dr. P and Pastor Random, Father, um, Lord God, uh, these men are getting up in age, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for the vision that they have um, to see many churches set up, to see the gospel go forward in their land. Lord God, we, we pray, Lord God, that you might raise up other uh, younger men to, to take on this task, Father, that uh, your children might be fine doing until the day uh, that your son returns, Father, We we ask these things. Father and, and Lord God, um, we we pray for Marion Tires. Father, we, we thank you, Lord God, that she has dedicated her basically her whole adult life, Father, uh, in another land, being a missionary. Father, we we do pray for her, Lord God, that you might strengthen her and continue to give her to give her um, opportunities. And Father, we we thank you for Luke Henderson, Father, that has a great desire, Lord God, uh, for missions, Father. We we pray, Lord God, that you might direct him, Father, uh, and that he might be a winner of souls for your name's sake. And Father God, we, we pray for our government. Father, you, we are perplexed, Father, living in a land that uh, it wasn't that long ago, Lord God, that um, there was prayers in school. Lord God, we we pray for the government, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will save them, Father, that you will uh, give them your vision. Uh, Father, we ask, Lord God, uh, that they might make decisions, knowing, Lord God, that they will be accountable to you, Father, and uh, we pray, Lord God, that you might send laborers uh, to our leaders, Father, that they might uh, have an opportunity to come to know your son. Lord God, we, we, we put this, this, this message before you, Father. Help us, Lord God, to, uh, um, to know what you want us to know. And help us to apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Again, we welcome our brother Carrie with us this morning. The Lord bless us as you open the word to us, brother. Thank you, Ariel. While we, or I I said we, I titled the uh, message, The Vision. Um, On our website, someone pointed this out, that we have a vision. The Berean Baptist Church exists to seek the glory of God through the Lord Jesus Christ by the study and proclamation of the Bible, His Word, so that more and more people will call Jesus King, both here at home, through evangelism, and around the world through missions let's uh let's put this uh before the lord before we go on father lord god we thank you lord god that um you give us your word father uh, as we as we look into your word today father we ask lord god that you might open our eyes and open our heart father so lord god we uh we pray lord god that uh even after today we will even know you even more in Jesus name we pray amen so um, funny story when i seen this on the website and i started studying it i was like wow this is really concise and i started opening it up and, and 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 today we're just going to scratch over the surface i was opening this up i was like wow Mr. Boyd, I wish I would have known him a lot better. And when I asked Riel and Iris about it, they said, oh, no, Miss, Mr. Boyd didn't write that. So I was like, then I Brad. He goes, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> so, so here I thought we'd be reviewing the vision, but it looks like I might be introducing the vision because this happened when we were setting up the website, um, and so there was talk about a vision, and this is what uh, Brad came up with. So uh, so once in a while, I might say forefathers, and I might mean Brad by it. <laughs> I don't know, postfather or what, but anyways. So uh, many of you know that I'm in the home building industry, and uh, we have potential clients that come to us, and uh, during their first meeting, a lot of times they don't have plans. Right, And what they do is they sit down and they start describing the house that they want. And the husband and wife is explaining, and one person says, well, we want cathedral ceilings. And then the husband's like, wait a second. No, we don't. We don't want cathedral ceilings. And then the conversation goes on, and they start saying, well, we want this and that, and then someone interrupts again and says, no, 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 no. Is that what we're doing? We, I thought we were going to do this or that. And so it comes evident throughout the conversation, you realize that they're not on the same page. Yes, they want to build a house, but they're not really on the same page of how it's going to look. And so they don't have the same vision. And what they need is they need a common vision. And what they need to do is they need to put pen to paper and they need to have a set of plans. And so similar in a church, especially without a pastor, um, you know, in a church, it was made of many different personalities, uh, many different gifts that God gives to build His church so that His vision will become a reality. And so God saves many people from all walks of life and necessarily, un- we, in other circumstances, we may not have actually hung out together. You know, we, we, because God calls from all walks of life. You think about the, the, the Philippian church, right? We had the... Uh, jailer, a businesswoman, and a former possessed mentalist. Right? God saved them, brought them all together, and that's what actually formed their local church at the
1: time. And so we have all these different personalities, and different personalities equals different visions,
0: such as when... Clients come together and they know they want a house, but what's it going to look like? And so God gives us instructions of his vision of his church. And that's because we are bought by a price, right? We are not our own. And so we should aim for the vision of the church to be God's vision of his church. And so our vision should reflect God's plan for his church, you know? We're brought together through the cross, the resurrection. But how does that look? What is our purpose together, corporately? What is our purpose? Of course, first, a church is not the building. You know, we're very blessed to have this building uh, so that we can all gather together. But the church is God's people. And so, corporately, what should our visions be? Now, here I have our forefathers, and I put in brackets, Brad. He gave this some thought and he put pen to paper, right? To remind this local church in Sudbury why we exist so that we can all be on the same page. Now, house plans get a couple on the same page, right? But residential house plans are usually a general guide, they're not that detailed. Um, you know, they, you got the size of the rooms. Uh, But it doesn't go into the cabinets. It usually says cabinets designed by others. um, And what kind of trim, what kind of baseboard. You know, you, you can change your mind on the windows, all sorts of things. And so it is a general vision. And this here is a general vision. All the details are not given. It's only 47 words, right? And it's trying to concise God's vision in one statement. And so the finer details we find, of course, we find the finer details in the Bible. Now, the first clue, and now I know this about our forefathers, is the name of the church because Rael was there when they formed the church, and he told me why. Yeah, no one's getting that joke. By the way, the church is, what, 80-something years old? So, um, And so Brian Baptist Church, right? Brian Baptist Church. Now, this was from our forefathers. I know Mr. Boyd was involved in this, because uh, I heard Brad tell us many times. Um, it was named after the account in Acts 17. Okay, so this is when Paul and Cy, uh, Silas, they were in Thessalonica, and there was an uproar. So we would call that a riot. You know, the gospel had turned the city upside down, and the unbelieving Jews tried to turn it back, and it caused a big, a big uproar. Uh, and so uh, they didn't like the message of the salvation that Paul had brought. And so the, lo- the local converts, that local church, said, Hey, Paul, for your own safety, you should move on. And so that's what he did. He had moved on. Paul and Silas was sent to the next town. And they continued their mission, which was their vision to go through the land and see converts and set up churches. And when they came to Berea, they came to a different culture, right? The Bereans were willing to listen to what Paul and Silas had said, and then they went and they examined the Scriptures. They made sure what Paul and Silas was saying was the correct message, right? Before they believed, they tested it with the Scriptures, they just didn't accept it blankly. They wanted to make sure first that it actually fit with the scriptures. And so the hope is that the culture of this local church will take on that attitude that the Bereans had, that they will, um, that they will aspire to this noble aspiration. Here it says that they, in verse 11, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica, right? They received the word with readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. And so that is the hope. That is why Berean is called Berean Baptist, because the hope is that we will dig into the scriptures and make sure what is being said is correct. And that we would strive to know God's will. And that we will test the teaching against the scriptures. Now, sometimes I make a mistake. Try not to let that get out too much, but sometimes I actually make mistakes. I've actually said things while I'm teaching and preaching only later on to realize, you know what, I was off on that. You might hear someone else teaching or you might read something else and, wait a second, what I said doesn't fit, right? And, but, but that's the whole point of examining the Scriptures, is that we will know God's will, and that we will be correct in it, okay? And that we will be sure of the truth of God. So, the next in the vision is to seek the glory of God. We exist to seek the glory of God. So what does that glory mean? Glory, praise, honor, distinction, extended by common consent, renowned, worshipful, praise, honor, and thanksgiving, giving glory to God. And so we want to make known God. We want to magnify God. We want to point someone else away from us and point to God. We want to give the credit to God, right? We're, we're Give credit where credit is due. And so we, our existence is to seek the glory of God, to magnify God, and to point him away from us and point towards God. And so when we read in Matthew 5, what we read earlier, we were told to let our light shine like a city on a hill because a city on a hill cannot be hidden you see it you look up and you see it and so you can't you can't hide that and we're also called to season the world why to push the glory to god to magnify god we jesus tells us that the world might see our good works just like a city on a hill can't be hidden and so our good works should be so obvious to others. And so when you hear someone say or describe about you, saying you're honest to a fault, someone else might say, well, that's because he's from that city on the hill. The people on the city of the hill, they're honest to a fault. And that points glory to God. They might say, well, that's because he believes in Jesus. or something different with him. Pointing the glory to God, to magnify God and in Titus 3:8 says this is a faithful saying right i will thou will affirm constantly that that which have believed in god might be careful to maintain good works why because it is good and profitable unto men right that's what we should be striving for we should strive to follow the lord fulfill our calling which is Be careful to maintain good works, right? Our desires from that point forward, once we're saved, should be the opposite of once we once were, right? Once we were being in shame unto the Lord, and now our life should bring glory to the Lord. And even Paul gives a short list in Titus again, of these good works, right? Don't speak evil of anyone. Don't be brawlers. Be gentle. Showing meekness unto all men, right? Power under control. That meekness unto all men is power under control. Why? Because sometimes we were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived. Serving diver lust, right? We were given over all sorts of pleasure and lust living with malice, and be hateful, hating one another. And so, to glorify God, our good works should be the opposite of verse 3. Right? That's our nature, but now we're called to glorify God in our good works. And so others might see this, and it might get them thinking. It might get them thinking and wondering about the truth. They might be wondering about God. If they see your good works and they knew when you were different before and they see a change, it might actually get them to start wondering could this be true? When we were young Christians, our family was put under a great trial. And a friend, an employee friend of mine, he said to me, because he's seen the trial
1: we we're under, and he said, How can you follow a God that does that to you? Paraphrase, curse God and die. That's what he was saying. Paraphrase. Well, that
0: led to an opportunity to witness to this man. I can't. I couldn't leave. I told him I just can't do it. So that led to an opportunity. So the good works, he was perplexed why I would continue to serve a God while under such a great trial. And he recognized the sovereignty of God and said it was from God. Another man once told me that he had a, a position of authority at work where he hired many people and he preferred to hire Christians, he wasn't a Christian. It sounds like he's a Christian now. Many years later, he's professing Christ. But at the time, he said, I prefer to hire Christians because they're better employees. And they should be. We should be. According to the Word of God, we should be better employees. And so he noticed a difference, right? And it points to glorify God. And in his life, God had used that to call him to himself. And now this is our, which leads to the next part of the vision. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, by the
1: study and proclamation of the Bible. In our sinful state, in our fallen nature,
0: we cannot hope to glorify God apart from it all starts with the lord jesus christ he is at the center of glorifying god we cannot do it without him why Well, romans tells us there's none that seek god no one seeks god period none of us seek god The natural man does not receive the things of the Lord. Why? Because they're foolish to him. Seeking God is foolish to the the unregenerated unregenerated heart. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And by default, we do not bring glory to God. By default, we want to bring glory to ourselves. I would rather say that I did this, and I did that, and I did this. Right? That is our default position. So apart from Christ, we will not have good works, and we will not have good works that point to God. Without Christ, none of our good works will actually point to God and and glorify Him. In Romans 3.12, they are all gone out of the way altogether, unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Right? When we are compared to God's standards, we completely fail. Compared to one another, not so bad. Compared to God, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. We completely fail. Even one sin committed
1: taints the whole of a person. But when we become a child of God, Jesus
0: said that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? That's how you become a child of God. You come through Christ and the finished work on the cross, what He has done. And we are then adopted into His family. We belong to Jesus. I think that was one of the songs we read, that he is our friend. We are called the friend of Christ. We are now called the brother of Christ. He is our captain. He is our high priest. He is our savior. He is our king. He is Lord of lords. And we get to be his friend. We get to be his brother. And so we are made into citizens of heaven, which we see in Philippians. We're made into the citizens of heaven by the blood of Christ. Once, like the thief on the cross, we, we railed against him. Even the thief on the cross that got saved, I believe it's in Mark, says that he previously railed against Christ. And so we were like that. but somehow God got us to come to our senses, and we, public, we publicly confess Christ. right? We switch sides. We crossed over and we embrace Christ. We crossed over from darkness into a great light. And now our good works should be motivated to please God. We should now be motivated to bring him glory. The glory that he deserves and the glory that he will not share. And so the Bereans exist to seek God's glory, right? Through Jesus Christ, by his son, by
1: the study and proclamation of the Bible. I think it might have been about 10 years ago
0: that um, Brad and your dad first got sick. I think it was about 10 years ago. And so I had a discovery class in the old building at the top floor. And the discovery class, it was an adult class, um, but it was more for elementary teaching. And we're in the Gospels and we're in the Acts. You know, and Brad had an adult class. And so, when it was decided that uh, both classes should be combined, because Brad was unable to um, take the adult class. And so I was elected to teach the adult class. So we moved the people from down upstairs to, to, down, uh, to, to, the, to the main floor. And then, I was so nervous... To do that, I was so so nervous. Um, there was uh, there were so many others in that class, and the one name comes to my mind is Mr. Gilbert. He was in the class, and I mean he could run circles around me in the scripture. And I tell you, and he'd snap his fingers if you did something and you'd stop. I don't know if many of you remember him doing that, but I sort of remember that. And so there was all these seasoned believers, and hear me, I was going to teach the adult class, and I tell you, it was all about self-preservation, that's why I was so nervous, I, you know, I didn't want to, it was all about self-preservation. Now, I would not intentionally teach or say something wrong in the discovery class, but if I did, it may go unnoticed. But in front of the church with the reputation that took the Borean to heart, it was taking to heart that we should be studying the scriptures. I felt a little small and, uh, we did it. I mean, we, because the seasoned Christians were very gracious to me, you know, they were very gracious. Did they let me know when I went wrong? Yes, and I I appreciate that. I did appreciate it. And so this church had a reputation of studying the Word of God and making sure it was correct, like the Bereans. Why? Not that we're better than anyone else, but we see in the Scriptures that it's noble. So that's a noble aspiration. God thinks that's noble. And so we try to glorify Him. By studying the Word of God. So, what happens to a church that doesn't do this and they don't have the utmost importance on the Word of God? How do they glorify Him with their lives? How will they know how to conduct themselves? You know, how will they know God's heart? If we don't read and apply the Word in our lives and God speaks to us through His Word, I heard someone say that if you want to hear God speak audibly, read the Word of God out loud. So He gives us knowledge of His Son right through the Word. He tells us He has plans for us through His Word. He tells us how to live through His Word. Second Timothy 3.16 Here it is, Scripture is given by inspiration of God, so we know the Bible is from God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and why? That the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, right? And so every good work, we're equipped for every good work. So we need this training, right? We need the correction, we need the instructions into righteousness, and we need this rebuking in appropriate times. And so when you become a Christian, yes, we're citizens of heaven, yes, we're loved by God, yes, we are precious in His sight, but when you first become a Christian, you are called babies there becomes a, mature, a maturity, just like when you're physically born. And how does that maturity come? It comes by feeding on the Word of God. You know, first there's milk, and then we move to meat. And we find in the Bible, is the owner's manual, it's our road map. It tells us how to get from milk to meat through His Word. And so how do we know what to do, and how do we know what we shouldn't do? Through his work. You know, how will our good works glorify God? Well, the Bible tells us what God expects from us. You know, sometimes our, our good works are obvious and clear. But sometimes they can be blurred and not so obvious. You know, think about the Philippian jailer. When he first got saved, he glorified God. It was obvious. It was staring him right in the face.
1: He cleaned the
0: wounds that Paul and Silas had on. They just got whipped. And he started cleaning their wounds. And he sat them down
1: for a meal. Now, this talk came up before, and I heard a story. Not sure when it was, but I heard the story there
0: was a preacher that was encouraging Christians not to pay their taxes. Because, yeah, <laughs> you like that? I, know. <laughs> I liked it too, actually. Um, to withhold their taxes. Why? Because they said that the preacher was saying, well, listen, they're using that money for something that clearly goes against God's law. And so in first glance, you know, it sounds appealing. Right? No taxes, right? We, we like that. We get a break on taxes. And we can easily justify it in our minds, right? Because we're now holding the government accountable, right? They're not doing what God said. So we're holding them accountable for breaking God's law. But then we read, render on the Caesar what is Caesar's. Okay, that probably means we should pay taxes. And what we read earlier in Titus, right? We're called to be lawful citizens under the authority of the government, to be lawful. And then we think about, well, what happens when we pay our taxes?
1: You let go of it, right? It's no longer your money. No longer your money. And so we pay our taxes. And how do we know that? Well,
0: by studying the Word of God. Because sometimes it can be a little blurry, And we look into the scriptures. We say, okay, government has authority over us. And we figure out the problem. And then we say, okay, we pay our taxes. Now, we still proclaim, right? Therefore, proclaim the Bible, proclaim the truth, proclaim God's word. Proclamation is a public or official announcement, especially when dealing with a matter of great importance and so brad put that word in there because it's a matter of great importance we are called to preach in season out of season we are called to tell others about jesus christ there is hope in this life and even hope for the next life and we've seen the bible that you know in the flipping jailer sorry the flipping jailer was in a desperate situation he was about to take his life and he was in a desperate situation and what did he what did he say what must i do to be saved and they said believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved and so paul was given an opportunity by god to preach the gospel The only true hope of mankind and the jailer and his entire family were saved for an eternity, and someday we get to meet them. And straightway, as I mentioned earlier, he glorified God. He took them and washed their wounds. He glorified God in the capacity that a babe in Christ could do. That's what he did. He did the opposite Of what he would normally do. I'm sure he had whipped people. I don't even know if he, maybe he whipped them. We're not told. But he did the opposite. Of what a hardened jailer would normally do. And so we can't help when we read this. But to give glory to God. Right? Paul and Silas. They were being persecuted. Whipped. Thrown in jail. For preaching the gospel. Thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. Let's call that. Out of season preaching. And what did they do? They sang praises in the dungeon, or you can imagine it was some kind of dungeon, you know. But God had a plan, right? God was about to call the jailer and his entire household to himself. God had a plan. And God gave that opportunity to Paul and Silas. And they preached to that man. They preached, let's call that in season.
1: God gave him a clear opportunity and that man came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the gospel is of grave importance. Whatever we do with Jesus,
0: we determine the very state of your own soul. So we are called to proclaim great importance
1: the gospel. We are called to proclaim this. <clears throat> and we are called to know his
0: word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Sometimes we're asked tough questions. And if you study to show yourself approved unto God, you will not be ashamed. Because you can rightly divide the truth. And so we are called to know Him. We are called to proclaim Him to others. God uses His Word to bring about change, starting with the rebirth. God's Word is powerful, effective. And we're told that the Word of God is like a sword, like a double-edged blade. You know, sometimes God will reveal to a sinner in need the truth of the Scriptures. Through the foolishness of preaching, as some might think, the Spirit of God, when publicly spoken, the proclamation of His Word will penetrate the heart of a sinner, of an unbeliever like a sword going deep inside someone.
1: I know, because that happened to me. And he'll make it clear that the Bible is
0: the truth. And he'll make it clear the Spirit of God, with the sword, with his word, will make it so abundantly clear to sinners that they need Christ. And that's why we preach. That's why we preach, put your faith in a risen Savior. And so our preaching, we seek to glorify God, right? We seek that others will see the Scripture and point to Christ. We seek to bring glory to Him. And we seek that other sinners, of which we were, will come to know the Savior.
1: That they too then would desire to bring glory to God.
0: And that brings us to so that more and more people will call Jesus King. More and more people will call Jesus King. Now in Philippians 2,
1: hopefully you can all see that. That is the uh, Christian Standard Bible. It's a very well-known passage
0: to us. So Jesus... Existing in the form of God even though he is equal to God I like the way this put it he did not exploit he didn't exploit that his position was not exploited but what did he do instead? He emptied himself humbled himself became a servant became a man lower than the angels, were told. But amazingly, obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And so because He did that, because He became a servant to die on the cross, what does God do? He highly exalts Him by giving Him a name Above every name, that someday when Jesus returns, everyone in heaven, on earth, under the earth that is, everyone who has ever existed, anyone that's going to exist will say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because he did what he did and became a servant and died on the cross, God highly exalted him. And everyone shall be, not one person will be able to stand. Everyone will bow the knee. Everyone, it will be made so clear on that day that Jesus Christ is Lord, they will not, be able to resist confessing that he is Lord to the glory of God. So that's why we desire to see others come to faith in Jesus Christ, because we see that day approaching more and more. We always wonder and we see how bad the world's getting and we're perplexed. And so we see that day approaching and we want to see others confess Christ today before it's too late. Confess Christ today.
1: Christ took the wrath of God and prevailed, he subdued Satan.
0: Satan no longer has any reign over the believer, he's subdued. Christ has taken the judgment. And so we say, don't wait for the glorious and dark day. It will be a dark day. Both glorious and dark when Jesus returns. Glorious for the believers will will be reunited with Christ. But dark for the unbeliever. And the horror of being in, before a holy God. And hearing, I never knew you. And so like Peter said, when Peter first preached, he said, save yourselves. There is a way to save yourself as you run to Christ. He's paid the price. Turn to the Savior. Save yourself. Why does it say save? Because there's a judgment. That's what you're being saved from, the pending judgment coming. And so lastly,
1: in the vision, both here at home through evangelism and around the world through missions. This, of course, is the great commission.
0: But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and upon the uttermost parts of the world. The great commission. The Spirit of God gives us power. He empowers us. He prompts us to tell others. He gives us the the, the desire to tell others. He gives us the desire to obey God. And we in a church should be actively involved in missions. You know, this is a great commission. That the world might come to know the Savior. And that the world might submit to our King.
1: Our Lord, our God. Not our God, God. Period. Submit to God, and it
0: starts where you are. Where are we? We're downtown, right? We're in the Donovan. So corporately together, this is our neighborhood, right? These are our neighbors, and so corporately together, we are called now to witness. And our desire is that Berean will be a house or a city on a hill. And that all others will see it. And they might want to come up to this city on the hill.
1: And that the gospel from there will go forth. And here, in your neighborhood first,
0: Judea and Samaria. And so that's our hope. That the gospel will come out, go out from this place, from the local church. That it might be a hub for the gospel. That it might be like a shipping hub where all goods go to one place and then they get spread out to northern Ontario. That should be the hope of churches. That the gospel would go out, both corporately and together. You know, it might go out to New Sudbury from here. It might go, go out to the South End. It might go out to Azilda. It might go out to Valley East. It might go out to Perry Sound, another province, and throughout the world. And that's why you know, we, we had a discussion about missions, and we thought, you know what? Let's keep a mission budget. Why? It's important because it makes us think about missions because of the Great Commission. And we can be involved in that through our prayers and helping. Of course, the gospel going out takes laborers. It takes more than one person to do. So as the opportunity arises, both as we go in our daily routine and both corporately, we should be thinking about these things. So, the vision, is it Something. Oh, all right. I have one more slide. I thought I did. Maybe not. Is the vision from God? Does it fit? You know, it's on our website. So you guys want to take a look at it? Take a look at it and then uh, see if it fits our church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the the vision that you has you've given this church. Father, um, help us, Lord God, to obey you. Father. Uh, Help us to be mindful, Lord God, that as we walk our daily lives, that we should be glorifying you, Father, that our good works might uh, display you and might give opportunity, Father, to tell others. Father God, help us to,
1: to be mindful of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.